0: This time on episode 363 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We talk WandaVision, season 1, episode 5, on a very special episode. We talk weekly Marvel news, and we talk your feedback.
1: I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunny Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie.
2: Stand by for a S.H.I.E.L.D. debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the
0: S.H.I.E.L.D. director. And now it's time for your special debriefing. I'm
2: Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle.
1: And I'm producer of the show, S.P. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, February 7th, 2021, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios, And broadcast New Jersey-wide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Periodic Table Day. Yay! You know, Michelle, you have regaled to us behind the scenes that you are watching Stargate SG-1 in your off time. Yes. I just got to the episode in Season 1 where they're stuck on this planet trying to get back. And they go into this library and they bring up this periodic table with, I believe, 146 elements in the periodic table, at which time the guy that had been stuck there since 1945 said that there were 90 elements on the periodic table when he got stuck there. And Samantha Carter chimed in and she said there were 111 elements on the periodic table. And if you Google that here in 2021, there are 118 elements on the periodic table. So things move on that thing.
2: Yeah, we dig around long enough or we slam some atoms together in a lab and there you go. Yeah, the last
0: like, you know that when you see the periodic table, there's the top part and then there's this little bottom bar. Almost all of the bottom bar, I think maybe all of the bottom bar are artificially created. And if you want to know more about the periodic table and honestly, the really fascinating story behind it and the discovery of a lot of the elements I can't recommend the book, The Disappearing Spoon, enough.
1: We'll have to look that up and see if I can get that on my Kindle paperwhite.
0: Yes. And as a small aside, it is also Super Bowl Sunday here in the U.S., which <gasps> is why we're going a little bit early. You can't say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Superb Owl. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So, with that said, let's get on with the rest of the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the Marvel Cinematic Universes.
0: Because
2: of surprise recasting. If you'd like to talk to us about recasting, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. You can also leave us
0: a voicemail at 844 thebus one That's 844-843-2871.
2: All of us, except SP, are on Facebook, and you can find us at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. We are also all on Twitter, and you can find us there at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can look at our faces and realize we have not been recast by going to YouTube.com slash GonaGeek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. You can join our Discord server at GonaGeek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnyGeek.com network.
1: We have a great show tonight. We have a lot to talk about. It is the next episode of WandaVision. And with that, here we go. WandaVision season one, episode five, on a very special episode was streamed to Disney Plus. It premiered on February 5th, 2021. That was just two days ago on Friday. Lauren, why don't you run down the director of this episode? Sure thing. The director
0: of the episode was Matt Shackman, who has 51 directing credits starting in 2002, including one of Judging Amy, one of Six Feet Under, two of Everybody Hates Chris, three of Ugly Betty, five of House five of Psych, four of Revenge, six of The Good Wife, two of Game of Thrones, and nine episodes of WandaVision.
1: That list sounds familiar to you. That is because Matt has directed every single episode of WandaVision to date, and probably judging by the number of episodes on his IMDb credits and the number of episodes that we have in WandaVision, he gets all of them, as we've said before. Michelle, why don't you run down the writers of this episode?
2: This episode has two writers. The first, Peter Cameron, has nine writing credits starting in 2009, including five, Delusion Lies Within, two, Carnival Row, one, WandaVision. The other writer is Mackenzie Tor, uh, has three writing credits starting in 2017, one of The Mindy Project, one, Lock and Key, and one, WandaVision.
1: And Jack Schaefer is the WandaVision showrunner. On a very special episode, I don't remember when the very first usage of this term was, but it usually meant something came about in the, I want to say late 80s, early 90s.
0: I think like early 80s, that was right around the time when like in children's cartoons, they're like, oh, you have to have an educational message. So I think that's also when in family shows, you also started having the Let's tackle this very serious subject, in this case, death, but also things. Oh, no, it would have been before that, because in Webster, they had that one about sexual assault. They had that one all in the family about rape. There was an episode of Maud about abortion. But I think the actual term very special episode started in the early to mid 80s.
1: Mm -hmm. And Michelle, this episode did indeed have some serious topics to it.
2: Yes. I remember all those after-school specials. They were all very special. It's an interesting title to have and because it is special for several reasons, not just because of the death that's tackled, but by the surprise at the end, which I know we'll talk about.
1: Indeed. So let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about those intros or the intro, because that was amazing to me. Now, Michelle, you did a little research into it. I've done a little bit of research into it as well. And I know Lauren has a lot to say, but Michelle, why don't we start with you on the intros?
2: Okay. When I saw that black and white with, and then all of a sudden the painting started, I'm like going, that's family ties and that is the case the family ties opening was that black and white and then there was a painting and it was it's interesting there was a the theme song was a duet the wandavision theme song was also a duet the family ties was all about the couple that it's what's interesting is that the theme song especially this is like around season two was really about the couple And it's like how they've been together for a million years, how they think they're going to be together for a million more. Um, Their life started when they kissed. And what are we going to do, baby, you know, without us? And it's really interesting because that's WandaVision. WandaVision is about Wanda and Vision. And I know there are other homages which YouTube will get into, but that bulk of it, that's family ties. That
0: made me so happy. I grew up, I loved family ties as a kid. I cried like just inconsolably at the last episode. So, yeah, like Michelle, the second I saw that black and white drawing, it's like, oh, suddenly I'm like four again. In terms of growing pains, yeah, that's also very clearly there. And towards the end, the little montages where they're outside. That reminded me a lot of the Full House opening credits, especially that like gazebo that they're by. Again, it's just all of the the sitcoms that I grew up on.
1: And the Full House homage is very interesting because Elizabeth Olsen has some ties to Full House.
0: Indeed, you might. Up until recently, most people only knew the last name Olsen from Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, her older sisters, who jointly played the role of Michelle Tanner on Full House. I'm guessing we're probably going to see a little more of that uh, next week when they skip ahead to the 90s, I'm guessing.
1: I hope we do. And a lot of people might not realize, I think we talked about it here on the show, that they approached Elizabeth Olsen to be recast as her sister is basically, on Full House with the reboot that went to Netflix. Uh, she declined, but I can't imagine them not doing it because it was so successful especially those those two that her older sister the twins they were billionaires
0: my sister used to have a talking michelle doll it would say like you got it dude
1: <laughs> yeah so going back to growing pains it was interesting i didn't remember and i didn't remember because i honestly don't think i saw the last few seasons of growing pains because i was in a place where i've talked about it before with sci-fi i was in a place where i did not watch Any TV whatsoever because of what was going on in my life. And I didn't realize that Leonardo DiCaprio was on the show in 1991 and 1992 until I started looking into this. I'm like, okay, who was on Growing Page? What? Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, he joined, he was their cousin in the later seasons.
0: And uh, also critical role fans and others, I guess, blind spot fans, and honestly, Avengers fans because she was in the first Avengers movie might recognize a young ashley johnson as one of her first roles
1: in the later seasons brad pitt was also on two episodes of growing pains and if i read the imdb correctly they were his intro episodes to television so they both got their starts really with growing pains which is interesting now brad pitt wasn't a regular he had two recurring episodes in 1987 and then 1989. So I don't know if you can really call that recurring. I mean, he recurred once, that was it. But I did take a look at the various seasons of the intro of Family Ties and Growing Pains. I also looked into other intros like Who's the Boss, which there was nothing Who's the Boss in there. I only looked at Who's the Boss because the house on the inside kind of looked like Who's the Boss to me. But definitely Family Ties. Interestingly enough, I don't... I have to go back to look, but I don't think they started with that black and white picture towards the end of Family Ties. It ran for seven seasons, so I think the last few seasons they might have not have started with the black and white photo, but they always had the photo being painted at the end. And it was interesting when they were doing the close-up of the photo. This always bugged me in even in the '80s when I first saw that. When the brush first puts the red on the mom's dress in the painting, it obviously goes outside the lines, and I think they were just freehanding a painting with the camera like right over the top of it. So there wasn't a lot of actual control over the brush and that sort of thing. It's always bugged me. Anyway, it was great that they did do the homage to at least those shows because they were so impactful with everything.
0: So another fun thing about that drawing is if you look at it, it is almost exactly the cover of Vision Number One, the Tom Taylor series. Uh, down to, like, the kind of creepy fake smiles. So, again, that made me very happy.
1: And the song was definitely the... Fa- I didn't realize there was, like, a trope to the family sitcom song. And it, it was definitely what when Michelle was saying about love and family. And I didn't realize that it was a thing back then. and I, I kind of missed that thing, but I don't think anybody... In this day and age, we'll sit through like a minute and a half long song anymore for an intro, which I think it's just meh. you
0: get that for like HBO with like the Game of Thrones theme song. Does anybody else still just like years later get the Growing Pains theme song in their head for like weeks at a time?
2: No, I get the Golden Girls one. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that one.
2: Yeah. Sometimes I get the Full House one in my head. Yeah. And for the WandaVision one, first off, their song was longer than the Family Ties one. I know I got really into this. And the song is basically like a summary of kind of what's been going on, but how they're making it up as they go along, which that seems like what Wanda is doing. I really like the play on words. You wander the world with a vision of what life could be. Forces may try to pull us apart, but nothing can phase me because phasing is something. (laughs) Vision could do. So I really liked how the song is great and there's like a summary, but then there's just this other layer of plays on play on words and stuff. I appreciated that. It made me so happy.
1: (laughs) Everything that goes on in the episode is something that could be all the dialogue and everything that happens is something that could be taken directly out of a sitcom, a family-based sitcom from the 1980s. Yet everything has like a double meaning. It's amazing. Like the the boys are—they're trying to grow up and want to, or age up. I guess is the correct term in TV terms, and and Wanda's telling them not to. And Agnes says, "Oh, you can't control them," and it's because Wanda literally can't control the twins. Uh, this is a limitation on her control that we haven't seen because they start off the episode. With the twins in their bassinets, I guess is the correct term. And Mm -hmm. she's trying to get them to be quiet and she's trying to use her powers to make them quiet and they are not quiet whatsoever. And I thought it was cute. Uh, Vision comes out with the noise canceling earplugs, which binkies or pacifiers or whatever you want to call them.
0: That does if you're Mexican.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was nice to see. That it was kind of cute and it was a play on words there, but everything is double me. So whenever we talk about something happening in the episode, we're going to be talking about the broader implications as such, like one and not being able to control the twins.
0: Speaking of which, okay, not only does that play into the, uh we don't want to work with babies because they're annoying. So we're going to do a time skip like they did in growing pains when they went from the little baby to four-year-old ashley johnson the next season so there's you know that thing of okay we're aging up the kids so it's less of a hassle but also for comics readers like me it's giving a good hint at what at least one of the characters powers might be just a little kind of happy
1: i don't Think either of you two watch Last Man Standing? But they just did an age up in Last Man Standing between last season and this season. But they did a five year time jump in order to make that happen. And and the reason they did that is they wanted to get beyond the pandemic. They wanted to say the pandemic was done. So that was one of the main reasons that they did that. But I believe at least one of the characters was pregnant, maybe two. So they just kind of skipped over all that when it happened.
0: They did that on the last season of Parks and Rec too, when. The triplets, they're born, they're babies in the last in the second to last season. And then the last season, they skip forward five years, not only so they don't have to work with babies, but so they can get some fun future gags going on.
1: Can I talk about 80s hair for a second? I want to talk about yes, 80s hair. 80s hair is, it's big, it's poofy. I like it. I miss it. I know it's probably a pain <laughs> in the rear end to actually wear for you ladies, but I like it. And I, it was great to see Wanda wearing some 80s hair.
2: Hey, it's certain parts of the South 80s hair just never went away. (laughs) This is very true. Look at any like realtor billboard in Texas
0: and everything is still stuck in 1989 there. It's the whole uh, the higher the hair, the closer to God.
1: Oh, is that what it is?
0: uh, That is that is the saying. Actually, I've been I've been listening through the back episodes of this podcast called Cult Podcast. They talk about cults and stuff and there's satanic panic episodes that have just been going on. You know, they're talking about the eighties, the discussion of eighties hair happened and somebody was saying like, yeah, you know, she was in a sorority and in the previous years on the sorority, everybody has like a little picture. And there's this one girl that it's like her face and the rest of the oval is just hair, just eighties hair teased up to, you know, to high heaven. And, Yeah, I I remember that. I remember the perms, the bangs that stayed up until at least like 1993. I tried Uh, to
2: do that. It did not work. it, It was basically if you did not use one can of Aquanet a week, you were just not doing your hair right. Yeah. If you
0: were not at risk of catching on fire at the nearest spark, there was not enough Aquanet in your hair.
1: Oh, is that why nobody wanted to be my chemistry lab partner? (laughs) Uh, Being a pyro that I am.
0: I can't say anything. Me and my sister were playing with candles in the woods one time and like matches and stuff. And she accidentally lit me on fire.
1: Why am I not surprised? I'm just not you and accidents. And And then she was
0: like, stop, drop and roll. So I did. But I was standing on a five foot drop.
1: So you dropped five feet.
0: I dropped five feet. Yeah. And burned a hole in my favorite shirt.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right. So I think this is a great time to take a word from our sponsors and talk about Lagos towels, Michelle.
2: This one really hurt. You know, it's just a paper towel. And you think, oh, you know, husbands can do it too. But the tagline Lagos for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. And that is straight from the film. Where Wanda, you know, they're trying to, and when they're Lagos, Nigeria, she's trying to stop the explosion and trying to like make sure nothing happens. But then she just puts something too close to a building and it blows up and, you know, she feels responsible for destruction and some deaths and such. And that one really hurt just that one line for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. It's just like, ouch. Yeah, this whole episode was
0: kind of about. I've seen some really, really, really good takes on this. Okay. This, a lot of this show is kind of rooted in the comics Avengers Disassembled and House of M, both of which are about Wanda snapping, doing a lot of damage, and then coming to terms with that. To greater and lesser degrees, that was the thing that gave us the No More Mutants. I think I have talked about this in a previous episode. But here, There's a lot of talk about, yeah, you know, like, again, for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. And when Monica's talking about what it was like in there, there's a lot of grief. But at the same time, Wanda's still protecting people. And it's this whole, like, she's both the victim and she is the aggressor. And honestly, it really is being handled way better in the series than it was in... Really, any of the comics? I would say
1: one is going through a lot right now. I honestly, and I'm up for your lady's opinions. I don't know what she is controlling at this point and what she's not controlling. Yes, there's a lot that she is controlling. Matter of fact, even Agnes comes in. Vision kind of upsets the flow of things, and Agnes is like, "Oh, you, you you want me to take it from the top again? You want me to do a retake, sort of thing." And and she was legitimately scared. She was demur. She was worried about things and Wanda just kind of laughs it off and keeps it going. I think trying to get Vision back off the scent and trying to get him back into the flow of things and back onto the script, Wanda script or whatever. So I think she is controlling quite a bit, even with the vision's worker bit, but I don't know who is exactly controlling this, who started this and What part Wanda really is playing here?
0: I have a theory, and it's kind of linked to my previous theories. I am still absolutely 100% convinced that Agnes is Agatha Harkness, who is, you know, a magic user. If you notice, Agnes is the only one who actually seems aware of everything that's going on. Everybody else, it's kind of there's to a greater or lesser degree, like something will slip out. But Agnes is the one who, you know, last episode was giving Herb that, you know, don't say anything look. Here she's like, do you want me to take it from the top? You know, not blinking an eye when Wanda's using magic, when the kids age up, any of that. So I still think that maybe it was something that she said or did that got Wanda to do all of this, but it's just out of control now. Y'all, I just love Catherine Hahn so much. She does the the wacky neighbor thing just to a T, but then she brings in that just kind of terror of, oh my God, I did this wrong. Do you want me to take it from the top? I don't want to get like thrown out of town or whatever.
2: Wanda says she doesn't know how it started. We definitely know nine days ago she took Vision's corpse. It is a corpse. He did not want to be revived. That was his will. You know, again... Why Westview? Though, again, there's that part of it. We don't know, again, like, say, what the trigger event is. Was it somebody saying something? Again, whatever it is, she is in control now. It seems as though she hasn't been able to reconstruct Vision's body because they can't leave. Because if you notice, when she came out to return the drone, She came out and she returned to her regular clothing. And then when she went back in, she became, you know, sick on Wanda again. I'm thinking that she really hasn't been able to put vision back together in a way that they both can leave. And that's why she doesn't want to leave. He also said that he doesn't have any memories before Westview and that he's scared. So she hasn't been able to program him in the way that he was born that's scary yeah i also have
0: a a working theory as you were talking so we know that wanda and vision both got their powers from cosmic cubes billy and tommy if they are like their actual biological offspring might have some of that floating around in them in their dna in their souls whatever you want to whatever explanation there but the people that we see her controlling are all just mundane normal people except for agnes who again i still have theories on but i think that she can't fully control people with that connection to the cosmic cube i think or not the cosmic cube the mind stones the cosmic cube all the the infinity stones
2: see i'm wondering if the kids aren't real And the reason why she couldn't do her magic on them was because that was her magic. It's like being immune to yourself. Because that implies a lot if she can make two biological beings.
1: So a couple of things. I think the twins are real, but they're more powerful than she is. That goes with the comic book background. And I have nothing else to justify that other than she can't control them which could mean like you just said a couple of other things. The other thing that I want to state is I do think that there is someone or something behind this because the twin said well mommy you can return somebody back from the dead she never answers that and it is unclear to us whether she did it to vision or if somebody else did it to vision. And right now I'm leaning although just a little bit towards somebody else is involved in uh, reviving vision and controlling uh, or at least starting the town of westview or the bubble around the town of westview and one is doing her best i put a lot of stock into what monica was saying and i know director hayward was just blowing her off but i'm thinking monica is on to something where yeah one is controlling things but she's trying to protect things at the same time she's trying to protect these people against a greater threat so to speak i don't know what that is i really don't but i think that there is this omnipresence over everything that we just haven't seen yet and i could be wrong i've been known to be wrong before but i just have this feeling that we're headed towards something like that
0: okay we know this is going to be tied into dr strange In the comics, Wanda gets her powers from chaos magic. She literally has the power of unpredictability and chaos and entropy at her side. Here, we haven't really seen anything about magic magic, but we have, like in Doctor Strange, you can get power from the dark universe. So I'm wondering if that's what Wanda's tapping into, is the dark universe. And I know we aren't going to see anything about that, anything definitive about that until later in the series. But I think that's what she's doing. She's tapping into there, but she's also trying to keep them safe from that influence, kind of in the same way the ancient one did.
1: So we get we do have a new name for Westview. And Darcy gave it the name of the Hex, which I think is great. I mean, Darcy named the hammer Meow Meow, which I've been calling it Meow Meow forever. Matter of fact, I was just having Dinner over the past week with my daughter and I brought up Meow Meow or she was asking about the hammer. What what's that called? And I said, Meow Meow. And she's like, What what are you talking? Meow Meow. And she's like, What what is it I said, Didn't you see Thor? She's of course I saw Thor. She's a, a big fan of all this stuff. And I am just like, Darcy, she named it Meow Meow. So everybody calls it Meow Meow now. And she's like, I didn't know that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> go back and listen to it. anyway. So Meow Meow and the Hex. I like Darcy, Darcy's names for stuff. I want to go with it. You ladies want to go with the hex?
0: Very. Yes. Again, I don't know if I mentioned it on the live tweet or if I was thinking it after, I think I might've been thinking it when I saw it for the third time with my spouse and my friend that, yeah, again, in, in the comics, Wanda's powers are called hex powers because she's, she's hexing people like bad stuff would happen to them. And here it's a hexagon. Therefore hex. Ha ha. I thought it was clever. And apparently so did Darcy. So I feel happy and justified.
1: I can't take credit for this, but I was on the internet a little bit and I saw that the hexes actually are the gateway into when the ships are jumping around at the end in end game. So as they're going from place to place, they're going through hexes is what the wall looks like. And you have to do you pause on your movie or whatever to to see it, but they are hexes. So I don't know if this is a gateway into another universe perhaps, or what that is. So I'm just going to keep an eye on the hex. Obviously they're calling attention to it because we've seen hexes all in every episode so far, one through five. And then Darcy starts calling it the hex. So hexes are important.
0: Also, we find out that she isn't technically the Scarlet witch in the MCU yet. Hayward mentions, like, she doesn't have some crazy name or anything, and everyone's like, no. Jimmy is like, no. So here she is just plain old Wanda Maximoff, has not been called the Scarlet Witch yet. I feel like that's going to change by the end of the series.
1: Yeah, talking about nicknames, we haven't heard of Captain Photon yet, but obviously we got a big name drop from that because the scans for Monica came back clear or full of photons. So I'm thinking we're headed down that path, whereas... I don't know if she's going to be called Captain Photon here or get her powers here, but I think this is the origin of what happens to her.
0: So in the comics, she is just Photon, and I'm really hoping that this also serves as her origin story because Monica Rambo in the comics is fantastic. Monica Rambeau here has been pretty great, and I would like to see her in more Marvel stuff. So give her powers.
1: That's fair. That she's just called Photon in the comics. I was calling her Captain Photon because, well, she's a cap, just like Carol Danvers was Captain in the Air Force. So that's where I went with that. Also, uh, Michelle, I know we're making a lot of Stargate references here, but I'm just—I needed to make this one because, again, Monica, you know, gets out. She's had problems with the scan, but oh, there's a briefing. Pants required, or what was Darcy's saying? Pants are encouraged. I believe. Yes, pants are encouraged. So she forgoes any further medical treatment and goes directly to the briefing. This is going to end just fine.
2: Well, again, she's supposed to get superpowers. So, of course, she has to ignore medical advice.
1: <laughs> she does end up shooting her own clothes, though.
2: And that's when we learn that Wanda is taking what's there and reworking it according to her vision and making it matter because she went in with different clothing, but then reality got rewritten to where she got, you know, when she came out, her clothes were made of Kevlar, but you know, they were just, they were stylish. Mm -hmm.
0: There's also, I've been wondering for the last episode, what happened to agent Franklin, the beekeeper? I'm wondering if she got the matter to make, two
1: smaller humans out of one larger one Ooh, i called that out in last episode that i didn't know what happened with agent franklin and i did not think of that that is I literally very just possible. thought of that wow that could be That's it
2: dark that is
1: so dark <laughs> wow i'm just thinking he's stuck in the sewers <laughs> yeah because she does the reset yeah she takes it back but Nobody knows where he is. We haven't seen him around. And even if we
0: haven't even heard him mentioned again.
1: No, we haven't. So, wow. You are one dark lady.
0: Look, (laughs) it's me. I know for the sake of accuracy, I will say that analysis of materials does not take that short of a time. But
1: again, this is sword. Superpowers, it's fine. Yeah, this is sword. we we're, we're all good here. Uh, one thing, another thing that was really dark was when Vision was able to bring Norm back out, which I thought the whole scene was pretty cool for a lot of reasons. First of all, Commodore sixty four. I actually have one. It's ten feet away from me, but it's right below me in the basement, and I haven't used it in forever. I do have a uh, sixty four baud modem, so really really slow. I also have a one hundred twenty eight baud modem that I used to use with that. And I think I had a 256 baud modem that I used with my Commodore 128 when I had it, but that was good in the email and the jokes about the email. But then Norm is brought out of it by vision and he was in pain indicating everybody in town is in pain and he was away from his family. Vision becomes concerned and it makes me really, really want to help. All these people in town and root for people like Monica, which are honestly, and Darcy and Agent Wu, which are really trying to help the town here.
0: That scene was kind of terrifying. I love just these little, just all of a sudden, just a hint of darkness in the episode, or like again, smiles too big, the commercials breaking in, stuff like that, just the innocuous things. And then here we just outright get somebody who's scared, who. I don't know if he's in pain or if he's feeling like Wanda's pain. Whatever's going on, though, it's terrifying. His mind isn't his own anymore. He's panicking because he has a wife that he hasn't talked to. And well, now we know it's at least at the very most nine days. But yeah, all these people, they had lives, they had things going on. And then suddenly they're a cast in somebody else's TV show. They're supporting characters. And they're acting in ways that they presumably would probably never do. It's scary to think about.
1: And still no kids. We have no idea what happened to any kids that might or may not have been around in Westview before this all happened. Uh, Talking about recasting people. I think it's time we go there. Michelle, there was a big recasting in the MCU in this episode.
2: Okay. So my mom, again, enjoyed this episode. Um, and then when we wanted to talk about it, she was like, I need to talk about wonders. And then she just had this look on her face. And I just went, OK, I know what you want to talk about. And there are, of course, different layers to this. One being Kevin Feige has been very cagey about what he's going to do now that he has all the toys, because now that they bought that part of Fox. Now, you know, he has all these toys and we don't know if there's going to be mutants again or if he's going to try in humans again or like what's going on. So, of course, he has access to the Fox version of Quicksilver. Now, so here's the thing for me. Is it one? Hey, I have this version of Quicksilver. Everybody likes him. Let's use him. There's that. So, you know, there's the whole thing that he might just reboot that or whatever. There's that. But there's also the fact that. In the Fox version, they went, you know, Days of Future Past, and they went into the past and all that type of stuff. This is the 1980s version of Quicksilver. It's not Wanda's Quicksilver brother. It's not, hit, you know, and such. So is this, again, because there's this whole corporate layer that we don't know, is this just Kevin Feige going, I'm just recasting Quicksilver sorry guy who was in Age of Ultron that we only knew for like seven minutes and we couldn't mourn your death because we had no clue who you were and let's just replace him with the Quicksilver everybody knows and loves is it that or is this some sort of weird time anomaly thing to wear? because remember Monica used the drone from the 80s and when it went in it didn't change So is this some sort of weird time thing where, again, because in game, the Avengers just messed up time. And then there's Loki out there, like the Loki show is about him and his time escapades. And is this some sort of weird time anomaly to where somehow she's been able to pull through this 1980s version of Quicksilver? Like, I think that that's the big, part i think that maybe why he hasn't announced anything because if he announced what he was going to do with the mutants this would have been given away so now because he's been so cagey now we have all of these theories and speculations that we could just talk about forever
0: okay so we again we know it ties into dr strange which is titled dr strange in the multiverse of madness we've been hearing all this stuff come out about spider-man where they're going to be bringing in aspects of all the different Spider-Men from the previous movies. And here again, we get a more different Quicksilver. I think again, if, if we're tapping into, you know, the quantum realm, the dark realm, all of that. First of all, yeah, I, I think that they're going to do a reverse house of M on this show where instead of no more mutants, it's yes, more mutants. Again, it, like you said, doesn't have to change if you bring it in there. I think she maybe un- probably unconsciously reached through, found a version of her brother who was still alive and brought him here. Of course, that version is Peter Maximoff and has a younger sister, not a twin, but still same character. Okay, there's a book series I really love. It's by Simon R. Green. It's called Deathstalker. It's a space opera, heavy on the opera. I describe it as an everything in the kitchen sink series. There's one character who at one point gains the power to pull versions of herself from the multiverse. And I think later on in the episode, Monica says she could have stopped Thanos because she's that powerful. Again, we've only seen her use her powers in kind of a limited amount because they're still very new to her. And if she's doing it kind of unconsciously, then yeah, she could be doing that whole plucking characters from different timelines and bringing them in. Maybe she's what causes the Spider multiverse. I don't know. I'm very interested in seeing where it goes. And I really do like Evan Peters' Quicksilver and Taylor Johnson Quicksilver, like Michelle said, was in the movie for a very short period of time. And how's Wanda going to react when she realizes like this is my brother, but not my brother.
1: Okay, number one, did wanna actually have to watch Dark Phoenix in order to <laughs> snag him? Okay, that that was a joke.
2: I still haven't watched Dark Phoenix and I feel uh, really yeah, bad about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You it's, can save two hours of your life. For completeness's sake.
1: Yeah, now that I we should. have Quicksilver, okay, that, that's number one. Number two, I'm a little bit disappointed. Teensy a little bit of disappointed that Ryan Reynolds was not the first crossover between these universes between the Fox mutant universe and the MCU over in Marvel. Another big speculation point was when Monica brought up, Hey, I know a scientist that can help. Now I'm just going to say two things real quickly, and then I'm going to turn it over to Michelle. Uh, This is where there could be an aim connection. So just putting out advanced idea mechanics in there. And also, there's been a lot of speculation about the Fantastic Four. However, Michelle has compiled another great possibility.
2: Yeah. Dr. Eric Selvig from the Thor movies. We have Darcy. Why not Eric? He's the one who knew about Asgard and figured this out, all this type of stuff. And he did experiments with the Tesseract. Again, the Tesseract is the time space one it's the one loki has you know if used correctly uh the tesseract can open gateways to any part of the universe and provide for interdimensional travel and if we're going to talk about interdimensional travel the dark universe the photon universe however we're going to do this it possibly could be this and i just i think it'd be great to see selvig and darcy I just hope, you know, Selvick comes wearing pants and a shirt.
1: (laughs) Pants are encouraged. That would be helpful. Yeah, I'm I'm under an NDA and cannot confirm nor deny that the astrophysicist SP is going to be included in here.
0: I thought you were going to say that you couldn't confirm or deny if pants were involved.
1: (laughs) Well, we are podcasters, so that's kind of inherent. Yeah, although we, I don't know if that's true anymore because we stream, so... I know it's chest up, but still, I mean, all right. There was a couple of things, quick hits that I want to talk about. Agnes's 80s Jazzercise outfit. Love the Jazzercise <laughs> outfits. This was the right place to use it. i am kind of, Agnes is always fully embraced the decade that they're in. So I'm kind of wondering what she's going to be wearing in the 90s in the next episode, assuming we're in the 90s because. Oh,
0: please, please let it be like the kid and play backwards outfits. That could be your pants, frosted tips,
1: vision did say that when they went to bed is when Wanda changed everything, so every it seems like each episode is encompassing a day. I know Michelle, you and I were talking about the timeline of things and and what's the time inside versus the time outside sort of thing. I thought it was great when Wanda came out of the hex that was pretty cool and and uh basically staked her ground with Director Hayward. And turned his own guns on him. The guns were not turned on Monica, though. I've Mm -hmm. seen speculation that this could have been a plea for help of Wanda sending Monica out with a hidden message in there. So the two of them, even though it seems like they're at odds, it might secretly be trying to work together. And and Monica just doesn't realize that.
0: I have two last things I want to address. One is the whole. Can't I? And then the credits start rolling, but they're still arguing through it. I saw a tweet that was like, man, I wish I could just end an argument by just having the credits
1: roll as I walk away. I wanted to talk about the credits, too, because if you didn't notice, the credits were the people that were actually working on WandaVision, like our WandaVision that were watching in that particular credit roll. It wasn't the names of maybe the people in Westview that were named. I know Michelle did an excellent breakdown of the credits way back when we're talking about episode one and two and i think the names that she was paying attention to are the names of real people in westview i can make that connection i don't know for sure or not but it seems to be the right thing
0: and the other thing was there was a captain marvel reference and monica did not look happy about it there seems to have been some kind of rift that happened there and I'm really, I want to know, I want to know what happened. Does she blame her for leaving? Does she blame her? Like, I don't know. Was there an argument? Did Maria and Carol have a falling out? Like, tell me, tell me now. I want it to be now.
1: Michelle, I know you talked a little bit about how having to explain to your mom the whole mutants over in the Fox universe and and here, but what was her overall take? We've been doing Michelle's mom's take now. So what was her overall take of the episode?
2: Again, she's very intrigued by it. Very entertained. She loves mysteries to begin with. So this whole really has her hooked. She's really enjoying it.
1: All right. Is there anything else anybody wants to say about WandaVision on a very special episode? I want more. Oh, this episode was it longer than the others? By far, it was forty-one minutes. I want to mm-hmm. say I, I saw that and was like, "Oh, I'm I'm going to be sitting here for a while." So yes. it, I watch. I deliberately wait until it's dark out and it's completely dark in my great room. I put on my theater viewing glasses that are without my bifocals, so I can see the screen just fine. To turn off all the lights, I'm like, "Okay, sit back in the recliner and here we go. Have a theater viewing experience." And the previous episodes have been kind of short. we really short last week, right? At like 22 minutes or something yeah, like they've, that. Yeah, they've
0: all been like the sitcom 22
1: minutes. This was 41. And I think it was longer because they're integrating stuff that's happening outside of mm-hmm. Westview, outside the hex, and stuff that's happening inside. So I think that's what's driving the length of episodes now. I know we talked about it.
0: I'm really curious if you timed the Westview parts Like, would that actually add up to 22 minutes?
1: It would be difficult to say, especially since Wanda came out. Do you count that as part of it? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I feel like no. Right. Well, next Sunday, we'll be talking about WandaVision Season 1, Episode 6. And to my knowledge, there isn't a title yet for that episode, but they've been coming out kind of late. So that's what we're doing next week. Until then, we are going to recast ourselves and get on out of here. This is a quick note from editor SP. After the fact, Lauren did go back. She watched the WandaVision episode five on a very special episode. Again, she timed the amount of time that the characters were spending in Westview and her time came out to 21 minutes, 14.6 seconds, which is pretty close to what an 80s sitcom length would be wanted to get that out before we recorded next week
2: well we have some news and we're going to start off with the blade movie yes the blade movie which
0: is still happening with Mahershala Ali as blade has a writer now it will be written by watchman's Stacey Osei-Kufour the title of the movie is currently listed as Blade the Vampire Slayer. 90s kid me loves this very much. Marvel was only searching for black writers as opposed to the almost all-white team who did the original Blade movies. Uh, the original Blade was written, the whole trilogy, was written by David S. Goyer. And Stacey osei Kufour is also currently listed as adapting Nettie Okorafor's Binti to screen. I'm in the process of listening to that audiobook. If you like sci-fi,
2: it's really cool. I dig it. So check that out. And we have some Falcon and Winter Soldier news. So Don Cheadle was recently
0: a guest on Bro Bible's post-credit podcast, where he seems to confirm that he's going to be appearing in Falcon and Winter Soldier. He's quoted as saying It's really fun and interesting and, by all imagination, completely open-ended. This can go anywhere. It's great. I can't wait to get in the room with writers and figure out how all these things, connecting Armor Wars to the MCU, happen. You know, Rhodey shows up in Winter Soldier and Falcon's show, so it can be a lot.
2: And we have pictures from a movie. The first
0: set pics have leaked from Thor Love and Thunder, which we do know started filming, I guess, last week, week before. There's some new outfits for Thor and Nebula, other than that, it's just really cool to see everyone on the set looking like they're having a good time. I can't wait. I've been re-watching the uh, Phase Three Marvel movies on weekends lately, and I re-watched Guardians two weeks ago, did Infinity War, I think last week. and I'm very excited. I just give me more Marvel. I love it so
2: much. As if you couldn't tell. And that's all we have for the news. And we got some feedback. First from Twitter. So
0: first we had from Andy Mingna. Are you aware that the actor playing the mailman had a bit role in the final season premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I actually did not. He linked to that thing. And this is the second actor that I'm aware of who has that connection to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The actor who plays Norm was also an agent, I believe, in one of the later seasons. We also have from consultant Black Adam. Think next week will be more overt Full House inside the hex with it moving to 90s and the surprise in this episode. And I think that he is absolutely correct.
1: We talked about it before. I think we're going to get more full house next week. There's also an email that we received from 084, which I will read here. So much happened. I don't even know how to process it all. This is definitely my favorite episode of the show so far, but I'm sure it'll keep on getting better from here. I do wonder just how many things they're seeding with this one series Doctor Strange 2 and Spider Man 3 clearly. Uh, Fox Mutant finally crossing over, Captain Marvel 2 with Monica's origin, and maybe Kamala's if the Maximoff anomaly replaces the comic's Kerrigan bomb, Young Avengers with Billy and Tommy, and I've even heard that the astrophysicist and large containment vessel mentioned could lead to Fantastic Four. All that to say, generally the projects that serve as MCU linchpins like Iron Man 2 and Age of Ultron aren't looked back on favorably. Civil War was the rare one that managed to jumpstart characters and still hold up really well. And I'm happy to see that this show is living up to that incredibly difficult task. Keep it up, Marvel. Until next time, 084. I just want to say in response to that, one of the linchpins that was not looked favorably on was Thor The Dark World, which turned out to be like the nexus of absolutely everything. So,
0: yeah. That's really interesting. Like, I hadn't thought about that until 084 wrote in, but that's true. It's like the least popular movies are kind of, they are the ones with the most ties to what we now know as the big events, the biggest events of the Marvel Universe. So, again, yeah, I'm curious to see what all comes from that. And I'm very glad that the reaction to WandaVision seems to be going well, at least
1: has the benefit of being one of the only things on TV and it's good so yeah i'm i'm great on tv streaming I, are, are we is that synonymous now on tv and streaming i tend to just say it yeah okay all right that's it for the news this week I want to thank everybody that's reached out and and basically asked where our episodes are. I'm sorry. It is my fault, and I am getting them out as fast as I can right now. So thank you, everybody, that's providing us feedback, even if we're on like an off cycle with the TV shows. I hope to get caught up in the next week, week and a half, maybe two weeks. So thank you for sticking with us in the meantime.
0: Thank you to everybody who's been showing up for the live tweets on Saturday mornings. I'm so happy to be doing them again. I love just seeing everybody's reactions, people chiming in. It was always a really nice, it felt like a group event when I was doing it for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.,
2: so I hope y'all are enjoying them too. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you to everyone who still downloads and listens to us and consumes our content. There's a lot out there and we appreciate that you consume our content.
1: I know I've said it before, but Saturday morning cartoons have never been so great. Until next time, I am producer of the show, SP.
2: I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle.
1: Bye. See everybody later. I'm going to go Bye-bye. find my 80s RC Bye. plane and try to throw it into the hex. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunnageek.com, and you will find all our contact information and other shows.
0: You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll
2: find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin MacLeod found at incompetech.com and also artists on pawn 5com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of Shield is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
0: I'm trying to decide. We had to 3D print a neck brace because the only one I had felt like it was choking me every time I wore it. So, hooray, 3D printed medical devices.
1: Yeah, do you have a 3D printer?
2: Yeah, we have a, um, a plastic and a resin one. Nice. So, yes. So, did you design that yourselves or did you find it online? I found it online on, uh, okay, I'm going to take it off because it's squeaking.
1: Mm.
0: On Thingiverse, somebody made a um, blueprint, something file.
1: CAD file. Yeah. This was on, this uh, SD card holder was on Thingiverse. Okay. To be clear, I don't have a 3D printer, although I probably should get one. That was done by a guy I know at work, and he was looking for stuff to print. He's like, what do you need printed? I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, maybe an SD card holder. He's like, what size is card? I'm like, you know, the, the big size. You can do such cool stuff with it. Like, I love it. hmm I recorded my first audio drama last night. Oh, hey, how'd that go for you? I, my acting leaves a lot to be desired, that's for sure, but it was fun. I need to do some more
0: auditions, but I'm trying, I'm chugging away at the book I'm currently working on. Mm-hmm. Also, I gave myself a haircut earlier, just the back needed a trim because it was getting mullety.
1: <laughs> like the kid on Growing Pains in the last season. <laughs>
0: In the comics, Wanda gets her powers from chaos magic. Like, she she literally has the power of unpredictability and chaos and entropy at her side. So, we have a closing date on the house, March 5th. So, we have, like, three weeks to
1: move. Oh, three weeks to prep to move? Or yeah. you have well, access to the house now?
0: After March 5th, we'll have access to it. Oh, okay. So, then... We need to get a carpet redone, get some Mm -hmm. minor repairs in, do the painting, and then just move all our stuff over.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. Congrats. Yes.
0: I'm excited. I'm so excited.
1: I turned on, and it's streaming on Prime now, I turned on Johnny Mnemonic today, by the way, in the background. Oh, throwback. First time ever watching it. Although I think I've seen the first couple of minutes before, but that's about it. So I had to press stop on it because of other things going on but yeah first time ever and it was all because you guys called out johnny mnemonic day <laughs> 2021 didn't realize it's it's it is and you were talking about how low of a um a memory it was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it actually wasn't all that they were talking about 160 to uh 320 gigabytes in his head thought it was less than that well maybe they redid it i don't know no <laughs> Probably not. Rebels is definitely way better as a whole than the Clone Wars. And that's how I remembered it. So I'm glad <laughs> I remembered it that way. I mean, it's not all gold, but a lot of it is.
0: Yeah, the first season I thought was pretty rough, but then it just got so much better.
1: Yeah, you had to introduce the characters and stuff. Yeah, the first season's always rough. And you either like or dislike Freddie Prince Jr.
0: I love Kanan so much. I love Space Mom and Space Dad. Yes.
1: Although, they had separate rooms. I
0: was always... "Mm." My best friend's mom... Okay, so when I was little, I was over at my best friend's house like a lot, and her mom and her dad had separate bedrooms. And I legitimately... I just thought it was a white people thing until I got older. And then I was like, Oh, they have marital problems.
1: Or... I mean, a lot of people sleep apart these days. Uh, yeah, just, but no, yeah. They,
2: they legit did have marital
1: problems. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: My grandparents slept apart because my grandfather got shot in the chest during World War II, and Ooh. he snored mm. and would get up and down all the time, so mm. there was no way to.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you to your grandfather for serving us and and protecting us, and and I assume earning at least a Purple Heart. Oh yeah. For that, yeah and then yeah that kind of sucks for the rest of your life having to deal with that
2: yeah oh yeah, he despised he despised the french
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know uh, sarah's dad served in i think korea and had ptsd from that so that was another reason that he slept in a separate bedroom but no they like legit had marital problems and tried to stay together for her and it's like mm. wish you wouldn't
1: have yeah a lot of people still do that hear a lot about you know I'm kids are at that age so you you hear where they're out of high school so you hear a lot about couples that have stayed together to get the kids out of high school and that are no longer together uh friends of the kids and stuff but yeah
0: legends of shield is copyright 2013 through 2021